All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I hate to break the fishing news up here, Chuck, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Episode 251 of the Real Life Podcast. Hello. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. This podcast is always brought to you by Oodle Noodle, 14 locations in Edmonton. Not only good for your hunger, but as we've been saying since the start of the pandemic, it's good for the local community because a proceed from every in-store or curbside pickup order goes back into the community in the form of a donation to a local charity. So good stuff, as always, from our friends at Oodle Noodle, over $100,000 raised and counting. I'm going to bring in the people that will be on today's podcast, but I will start by saying, if you're one of the people who messages me and says, the audio quality would be better if everyone could just sit in one spot for the entire episode, you are absolutely not getting your wish on today's episode. Uh, Chalmers is here. He's in his truck. Uh, Jay is walking outside and told me he has to go get gas in the middle of this podcast. Wanya's here. Uh, Bag milk's still not here. Um, Wanya, we are already recording. We are already live. Oh, shit. Yeah, Bag milk's here Yo! as well. Um, I love They're this. Live because- already. They're live already, buddy. Man, we were having a good conversation, and then it got cut short because yeah. of the podcast we didn't know started. Yeah. We do uh, a pre-game show, Jay, as well. A pre-pre-game <laughs> show, me and Bagnos. Well, why don't you record it? No, because we talk about some shit we could never, ever, ever say. Yeah. You know right. how when you're having a conversation on the podcast, you're abstract, and you're like, ah, I should probably end this sentence? Yep. <laughs> we don't have to in our pre-game show because it's just the two of us. Yep. I believe that's also called a phone call. No, no, no. It's we're practicing. We're talking yeah. like we're on a podcast. Okay, I see. You we do, even got the radio voices going on like that. You yep. you mix in some ad reads just into your everyday conversation <laughs> for fictional companies that don't exist. Noodle <laughs> King. Sorry, I'm muting everyone for a second because Jay is connecting to his truck's audio, and there was a ton of feedback there. Um, so if. Hey, speaking speaking of Noodle King, it's that gone bastard. It's gone further. We what? found out its president's name is Ray Upton, <laughs> and they're trying to beat us to Calgary. Actually, you know Ray Ray Upton <laughs> just followed me on Twitter. Actually, is Ray Upton on Twitter? Yeah, yeah Ray Upton just followed oh, me on man. Twitter. It is at Ray Upton News. Hey, you know who Ray Upton kind of looks like? Kind of looks like Jason Garrison, the former Oiler, a little bit. Yeah, he does a little bit look like Jason Garrison. <laughs> Ray Upton, you son of a bitch. Oh, man. It's a war he wants. He's now taking claim to Lacombe. 
Now you have to remember my original dream. So for anyone who's listening, and there aren't many of you, but I have a pad of paper beside my bed where I write down things I dream about to go back in the morning and laugh at. And this one night I had a dream that there was this company that started out to compete with Oodle Noodle called Noodle King. And I, in my dream, Jay was like, man, there's this restaurant. And they were opening up like across the street from every Oodle Noodle. And they were advertising with a better Oilers nation in my dream. And they had an oiler as their spokesman. And in my dream, we were like, holy shit, Noodle King is 10 steps ahead of us. So we spoke it into existence. And now, my God, they're onto it. It's coming. They certainly are, uh, but they do not have 14 locations Edmonton-wide, and they yes. have not donated over $100,000 to charity, and I question whether they ever will. If Ray Upton has his way, they will. Um, <laughs> I, the handful of things to get to today. I want to talk Oilers. I want to talk uh, a little Matt Kachuk. I want to, yeah, a bunch of stuff. But Chalmers, before we started recording, you said you had a rant to go on, and I never want to turn down a chance to hear a good Chalmers rant. So everyone, let's give Chalmers the floor. Okay, well, it's not so much of a rant as it is just an interesting fact. I'm sure everybody's been watching what's been going on in the world in the last couple of days in the stock market. And yeah, stonks. stonks. This is now a stonk podcast. It's hard. It's hard to avoid. Yes, but I want to further the story as opposed to giving everybody <laughs> the uh, idea of what shorting a stock is because Game I am no stonk. Yeah, so here is the way that I am going to forward it with a very interesting sports angle that I found out today. I read an article, and I thought it was just absolutely uh, mind-blowing. So the guy that started this whole starting of GameStop, his name is Chamath Polyapathy or something. He's a part owner of the Golden State Warriors and a tech world hero in Golden State. Oh, I know who that guy is. He's a a hero. That's a well, well, good foot. He decided he was going to start a war against the hedge fund. And in general, he was going to start one with Melvin Capital, who is owned by a guy named Gabe Plotkin. Gabe Plotkin just recently purchased a stake off of Michael Jordan for the Charlotte Hornets. And so recent, like after, after yesterday's whole thing about what happened, I mean, which could bury Melvin Capital, Mark Cuban came out and sided with Chamath Polyapatia. And he's basically saying that hedge funds have been having their way with the general public and that it's an unfair game, the system is rigged. And so what we see happening out in public, I think, is interesting because it has a very, very large tie to the NBA. And it's basically rich billionaire owners fighting with each other. And uh, I just think it's absolutely crazy because in the last couple of days, all I've been hearing is the headlines of, this guy, Chamath Polyapatia, is taking down the hedge fund. Mm-hmm. And the story behind the story is a lot more grim. Like, these hedge funds, yes, have been having their way, yeah. but these are real people. These are mm-hmm. hedge funds that manage millions and billions of dollars worth of, like, public money. Like, yeah. school pensions. Like, <laughs> like this. And yeah. they're losing real money. And so for anybody to think this guy's a superhero because he saw this, I give him credit for being clever. I do. And for finding a way and, and hopefully some real good change comes out of this. But like this little NBA spat of really rich owners is directly affecting the people that the hedge fund manages their yeah. money, which are working class people and the people that now bought into it and are losing their money because the game stock is just, the game stop is going, it's is going like it's really it's really yeah. tanking today. And so it's just it's interesting to me that yeah. whole thing. That's um, that's a side under the story. You know? I'm going <laughs> to hop in story. really quickly here and I'm going to mute everyone and I'm going to put in a new rule on the podcast. Uh if you're driving somewhere and you're not talking, you need to mute because it sounded like Chalmers did that whole hit with like the wind blowing uh behind him. Um That's fair. Oh, real? But it's all good. Um, anyways, yeah, it's I like I don't know anything about the stock market, but it's been a fascinating story to watch. I'd like to get Wanye's view on this whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's a weird take on it, Charles. Now I maybe don't know if I know enough to talk about what I thought I knew. I thought it was a lot deeper than just that individual because it's like a whole Reddit investor community uh, follow- that's kind of leading the charge because it's a bunch. It's a bunch of retail investors that are propping up the Robinhood app. I follow yeah. that. I've been following Wall Street bets for about six, seven months now. And this yeah. has been a project they've been working on. For, like the first time I heard about this, 
the GameStop play that they that they executed was just so explain Wall Street bets, Bagmog. Let's just talk about it. This is exciting. Chalmers told his bit. Now you say what you know, and then I'll say what I think. Wall Street bets is a subreddit where so Reddit is, is a method board where you can talk about whatever yep. the hell you want. Yep, and then Wall Street Bets is a column within that, if you will. Uh, So basically what it is is people going in and they talk about investing of all different types. Some people talk about their love of options. Others are just pure equity owners. Others like to short. Others want to play in margin accounts. There's anything you can imagine is in there. But around Christmas, just after Christmas, they all started getting together this idea of mass buying game shares because it was so heavily shorted. It was like at a 95% short position or something like that. So explain a short, basically. So a short, essentially, if you don't know, you're basically betting on the stock to fail. If the stock is $10, you're betting on it to go zero. So what you're doing is you're you're buying stocks, you're selling them. You're, you're, sell, the promise, yeah, you're, you're selling your stocks with the promise of giving them back to whoever you bought them from at the short position. You make money on the shorts. They get their stocks back. That's basic, right? So if you decide to short a stock and it's $10, you buy the short. It's like you can buy it like a stock. You buy it for whatever price. Quarter. That's right. And it falls from $10 down to 9 It falls a dollar. You make a dollar. You make a dollar. You make right. more, the more it goes down. The problem is, however, what happened yesterday was these hedge funds, they had a short position so high in GameStop that as it kept growing and the stock, the stock price kept going up and up and up and up and up, they had to buy back in or they were just going to get their shirts handed to them. And it's called a short squeeze. So there was a short squeeze in place yesterday that was perfectly executed. And now there's all these hedge funds that had short positions on GameStop that really, really fucked themselves. And this happened because the internet got together and decided rather than Goldman Sachs having a billion dollars, a whole bunch of people were going to get together on Reddit and make the same trade and fuck over Wall Street. Yeah, so and I know I'm screwing up some of the details on it, yeah, I yeah. Get that, but like for the most part, that's what's going on. And as you were going into Wall Street bets and following it last yesterday, the interesting thing now is that I was telling Wanya before we started recording because we were talking about this, that now there's all kinds of bot accounts that are in there signing up for new accounts and subscribing to the subreddit, trying to pitch new stocks for people to rally behind. So it's like a real big clusterfuck of misinformation in there right now, and it's turning into a mess. So, yeah, so how does you, that plug into what you're talking about? So what you're saying, what you're saying is, is that hedge funds are losing billions of dollars, but those are real people's money. And the way that it ties in is Michael Jordan. But how is the guy from the Golden State Warriors arranging for Reddit to do what he says? Well, he's the one that he's the one that noticed it. He's a very smart guy, and he um, he's the one that basically led the charge in this whole thing. So he did an interview, being like, "Hey, let's get together and fuck over this short position." Yeah, basically. Um, so, but but the, the way that ties into Michael Jordan is, he has a chance to lose a lot of his wealth, like here, because he just sold part of his company to guys that might not be able to afford it. They, with that money, they signed a guy named Garen, Gar, uh, Garrett Hayward. Garrett Hayward. Gordon Hayward. And Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward. I couldn't remember his name. Brian like, Hayward, former and Montreal now, goalie. Like it's starting to affect. It's just starting to affect a lot of things and. To say that, yeah, Wall Street got fucked. Well, Wall Street manages regular Joe's money. So, well, it depends. Like, how it depends how much the minimum buy and what the hedge funds were that were shorted. Yeah, you're, you're seeing, you're gonna, you're seeing, you're witnessing the control that hedge funds have, and that's kind of I think what they're trying to exploit. The real victims, Chalmers, is not billion dollar Michael Jordan. It's the guys that are seeing all this craziness and jumping in on it, not knowing yeah. what the hell's going on, so and great. making big bets and losing everything. Because that stock went up to like 450 bucks today or whatever the hell it was. Yep. And then proceeded to like drop another 150 The P, the, the, the retail guys are jumping in not knowing what's going so they're on. They're jumping in, Jay, losing. for the most part going long on it to fuck over. But the no, 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 no. The, the, people, the people on the, like, on the, from the Reddit, like that Reddit community that, that know what they're doing, understand what's going on. But just Joe... Joe Investor is going to see this as like a, a life opportunity of a lifetime, and he's just going to leap in. And right before his eyes, he's going to lose his life savings in a matter of minutes. Yeah, so now we're getting a really bad echo when Jay talks, which means that someone else's audio is fucked up. So I'm just going to hop in quickly and say that. Uh, but anyways, uh, the next point on the investing talk. 
God, this has to be so annoying for you, your um, Chuck. Oh, yeah, it's driving think, me nuts. The thing that I think that Jay's a thousand percent right, because as you were seeing the sh- stock shoot the moon yesterday, maybe it took a day or so to get some money into your brokerage account, and then you bought at whatever, 450 this morning, only to have 50% of your money disappear in a snap. Yeah. That's the people who are FOMO betting on this, and it's that's a big hit to take, especially if you're not used to investing or even just the volatility of... Well, like maybe don't make as obscure an investment play as getting involved in this hornet's nest. Keep oh, well, yeah, but it's, but but uneducated investors will just see it as only like a can't lose opportunity. Like, there's going to be people that lead that Reddit group that have made a shit ton of money that was sold at its peak, like millions and millions of dollars off of small like like small bets. So it's it, unfortunately someone always has to lose in that. And yeah, hedge funds are going to get squeezed and they're going to lose some money, but they'll, they'll figure it out on their next play. But there's just, it's just, it's just, it's just the public retail uneducated investor. I really feel for because they would have just jumped into this blind and lost. Like if they have 25,000 of savings, they might've just lost half or all of it. If they put all their money into GameStop shorts, they lost that much money. No, 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 they would have, they would have bought it right in the high. They wouldn't know. They wouldn't have the ability to do a short because, you need to have margin to set up a short. They own game. I thought GameStop went up in value as a result of all this. I'm saying the people. I'm saying the people that have been watching this just shoot up. You're like, holy shit, this oh, is going up. Shit. I got to get in. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. the people that know that are propping up the stock are right. going to. They know they're making their money, but it's the it's it's the people on the outside in the stands watching, being like, I got to get in on this, and See, that's the so people that are going to pay the price. Yeah. So, so, man, so what, Jay's? To Jay's point, like this morning, first thing this morning when the bell kicked off, it was at 469 US. And as we're recording right now, it's 230 US. That Jeez. is a massive haircut if you, if you bought in at the top. And you know there are people that did. To me, it honestly reminds me of in 2017 when there were people mortgaging their house on the Bitcoin bubble. And I hope there's not a bunch of people that did that on this. But, you know, while there are people that made a shitload of money, when I first saw this play on Reddit around Christmas, GameStop shares were at about 19 bucks 20 bucks and now in hindsight you've been like oh fuck i wish i would have kicked in some money but you know there are people that bought this morning at, well, at so, oh, yeah. so for, further to it amc was another company they were going to do it too which is a large yeah. movie theater chain the owner of that company has ties to the nba as well i think in part ownership group so what they were team. shorting it or they were bet- um, they're trying to bet it up no they were going the to they were they were going to they were it was the next play after GameStop. but what's going to stop the, I, I mean we'll we'll get off this topic in a second but what's going to stop the owner CEO of a company like GameStop that knows they are going to go out of business and trying to ramp this kind of like fear buying fury of his stock up. Get the <laughs> he hell better have exercised watch- all of his fucking stock options and sold everything. Yeah. They should have issued a ton of more <laughs> shares to then get a but turn into a bunch of cash to save GameStop. Like that's what like that's what they should have done. If they did it, I don't fucking know. But it's it's a wild fucking story. It is a wild story. Like if you like, I don't know how much time you guys spend in stock TikTok, but I like it a lot. I find it fun and entertaining. That's all they're talking about right now is what's going on. Stock TikTok rules the world, man. And Reddit. Yeah, yeah the stock. Like even my TikTok, and I don't know shit about this stuff. Every second TikTok for me is something about this stock stuff. <laughs> I've been forced to learn. Way, it's a crazy, crazy way to do business. Like. We, we didn't grow, like, the kids that have the power now are people who are masters of Reddit and, like, TikTok. And, like, they can move. You're fucking talking can, to them, Chalmers. What they up? can move the line. Well, definitely not. I'm going to start getting my kids on the computer in message rooms. <laughs> that is not I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. let him in there because on behalf of the internet, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, so can I give your son my life savings to invest for me? <laughs> no, he's not going to do that. He's not going to be smart like that. He just has to learn. He has to learn the ins and outs so he can move lines. I think that, like, when it comes to stuff like this, there's a there's a cat and mouse game always with like financial instruments, right? So Alberta used to have its own stock exchange back in the day. Just for Alberta companies. And it was like a fairly regular thing that a little company would float itself on the Alberta Stock Exchange and raise money for a variety of shit, right? And over time, it was like the wild, wild west. So many fraudsters would take advantage of listing themselves on like a poorly regulated stock exchange 
telling a whole bunch of lies about themselves to people to get them to buy their stock or doing any number of shady things. And then the whole thing's fake and they just cash the fuck out and take all the money. Right. Milk, why do people call it stonk? <laughs> that mean? I don't... That's, that's, that's the meme world, baby. <laughs> get involved in the old meme world. But where, 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 did it, where, where, where did it come from? Like, what is it? Stonks only go up. So there's there's a series that's of memes, Chalmers. I'll me. explain it to you. Listen. <laughs> there's a series of memes that's like lifted off of a business textbook. And it has like a stylized businessman talking and doing things, right? Okay. So the meme was just to make fun of business. So they call, he's pointing to a chart that's going through the roof. And rather than saying stocks, he calls them stonks, right? So wow. game stonks. Elon Musk tweeted game stonks, which is basically a nod to that. <laughs> but game stonks. And the nerds, we all love that shit. Love it. Uh-huh. Love it. When, they, when Elon tweeted that, I was like, we have now arrived at a short squeeze for the ages. I think that, so what I think about this, like, as you go through life and you have a regulator that's trying to make sure the market is fair, people getting together on Reddit and banding together and deciding to make a stock play like this, it's, I don't know that it is illegal. Truly. Well, I don't think it is. I want to know that too, because I just, I don't understand what's the difference between a group of people on Reddit doing it as opposed to some hedge funds doing the same thing to short a stock. Well, and not only that, what would prevent somebody from starting up like a club of 50,000 members yeah, and it's right. all this new class of day trader? You just get together and pool your moves and like manipulate prices, right? But that's what the regulators are for. The regulators would then look at the transactions and be like, are people acting together saying, I'm going to invest in TELUS because I think TELUS has a bright future? That's not illegal. The people being like, let's invest in TELUS for the next 19 days while we blow its price up 800%. Yeah, it's never happened up. before, right? But that's why they say stonk chalmers. That's why we laugh. You know, you know, you, you know what's a stonk right now? <laughs> Do you know what you know what's a stonk right now? The Edmonton Oilers. They're a fucking stonk right now. Through the roof. They're you, not through the roof. Are you buying They're, or selling? <laughs> They are being shorted. Fuck, they are shorting us. The Edmonton Oilers are stonking the fans right now. <laughs> That's a well, good tie-in right there. I don't mind that. I thought you were going to say Well, I did that uh, for you, you Remchuk. Twig and berries are a stonk. <laughs> yeah, I was actually about to hop in with like, uh, you know, if I could buy stock in twig and berries, I certainly would because it would go through the roof. No judgment, well, no shaming. Stock. Principal Skinner, you said yeah, it wrong. I know, I yeah. don't care. I'm just getting to the ad read. No fancy words, just real men. And if you use the promo code NATION15, <laughs> you get 15% off. And you have so many different products. At first, it's their own line of Nutsack underwear, which are tremendous. I'm wearing mine right now. But they got face masks. They got their ODR collection. And uh, for me, I've said this a hundred times now. As a good Ukrainian boy, I love a good sales section. And Twig and Berries has a good sales section as well. So check them out, twigandberries.ca. Support local. That is a good local company. And uh, now back to the Oilers talk. They blew a third-period lead to the Winnipeg Jets, and that was incredibly frustrating to watch. Um, Jay, I, I get the sense you have a strong take on this. Well, it's just so disappointing. Like, you set yourself up to win a game and then absolutely shit your pants and <laughs> fall asleep for five minutes and allow 900 goals to be scored. And then... It's just it's it, it was just frustrating. Like that was a game to show the league that we are serious and back and back to five hundred. And the fact that we just fell apart like we did was so bad. And then the fact that with the last minute to play, we don't have Connor McDavid on the ice. We're not using our timeouts. Like we do all these lineup changes. We you know we before the game to try to change something that isn't broken. And then you know there's just so much shit that happens to really make you upset that game. Okay, but here's how here's how I viewed it. We've been talking about the Oilers for years about how they have a hard time closing out games. In the third period, they let the teams back in. And the other night, when they beat Winnipeg with the last second goal, we said, there, it's the time. They did it. They, 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 they started to let a game get away from them, but they stopped it, and they won. And this was just them reverting back to the means that they always were like, and it's disappointing to watch because we got a glimpse of them not doing it. And like that game, we were su- we, we seemed very in control of that game. And then in a matter of three minutes, we were very out of control of that game. And 
had zero momentum to try to get back into it. I and we got to start burying our fucking chances. Yeah, God damn it. Yeah, yeah I, was also surprised. I was also surprised that Dave Tippett didn't take uh, timeout. Even first of all, people were when the wheels people were pissed like he didn't even care if the Oilers won the game or not. Exactly. First, when the wheels started to fall off, I thought first of all, I thought he should he might have challenged that goal that looked like it could have been offside. I know there are new rules. Oh, that, that would have been a tough. That would have been that. Uh, you know what? I think I support him not. That was too close to overturn. It would have resulted in a penalty. See, I don't mind that either, but I also think it would have maybe just calmed things down a bit, even with a resulting penalty. I get why he didn't do it. That one doesn't upset me. What I didn't understand, though, was why Connor wasn't on the ice at the end of the game when they're down a goal. Well, yeah, like and, and Gregor pointed out, he was like, oh, McDavid and Dreisaitl were on the ice for like a minute 20, and then McDavid scored. But if you're not going to take a timeout then, when are you going to take the timeout? And I, I was hard on Tippett about this after the game on Twitter. Like, I kind of said, you know, that's sort of inexcusable. And some and Gregor kind of said, like, you know, your third line, like, they were rested. You needed to get McDavid and Drysaddle off the ice for a bit. I would have called the timeout, went right back to McDavid and Drysaddle because we've seen them play for two and a half minutes at a time before, and they're fine. But this is also a comment on the Oilers having just brutal depth right now. And if Torres, Cassian, and Neal, at a combined cap of almost $10 million, can't force an offensive zone face-off in 30 seconds? Like, what are we doing here? If, yeah, well, if I could give, if I could give uh, my my take on what I think, you know, could be in Tippett's mind when he doesn't call a timeout there is, this is an early, early game in the season, right? And at that point, you see the Oilers reverting back to getting into uh, a difficult position. And sometimes you might want to see, especially early, because now is when you're going to want to know it is, can they play themselves out of it without it? Like, let them get into this mess and get themselves out of it, right? Not when you're not when you're going to be three and five in a fifty-six game season. Well, I don't. You know, have to go and win. You have to go and win that biggest, game. Sometimes you gain the most strength and you learn the most when you are you got your back against the wall. And taking a timeout in that moment is like, you know, taking them out of that learning. You're saying. Just step back. Let's 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 process this. We'll process it quicker. You guys got to learn how to process this shit quicker. You don't I, need a timeout. If you're saying a timeout just to get bodies back to you know the, get, to get their to get their legs back to get their their breath back, okay, I get that. But if you're trying to get their mind right early in the season, is maybe when you should allow them to try to get their mind right a little quicker to see if it works. Yeah, like I I understand that, and I think there's a lot of people like after that loss. A lot of people were upset, and I understand why, but like they also woke up that next morning in a playoff spot. And I know it's because the Flames have played like a lot less games in them and all that shit, but like they're in the hunt. Like it's not like they start they've started the year one in seven, like the Senators or whatever, and they're just like. But why are and we ahead of the Flames, Uramchuk? Why are we ahead of the Flames? Because we played almost double the games. Well, yeah, I know. I'm saying I just said because part of it is because we've played more games, but we also haven't played the Flames yet. We're gonna have time to maybe build up a lead if we can beat the Flames in the head-to-head matchups, but like they're in the hunt. The worst-case scenario, even after the Flames play all those games, is that this the Oilers would be... The, this isn't the NFC East. Having a losing record is not okay. It, See, the Oilers are now out of the playoff spot as of this point. Is it all because the Canucks won? Yeah. I won't be satisfied until this team can show me that they're not going to do exactly what I thought they were going to do and what I hope they weren't going to do, and that is one game, one good game, one bad game, one good game, one bad yeah. game. I've said it a million times. When they go on a three-game winning streak, that's when I'll start to think, okay, this team's got something here. But up until then, I'm going to expect them to come out on fire tonight and win, and then lose Saturday, win Sunday. And that's what I'm expecting because that's what I've seen so far. I wouldn't bet against you either. You're not, you're not wrong to think that. Like They need to start proving us wrong. This would be a perfect time to go on a three-game win streak. 100%. Statement. Playing the least twice, exactly. that, that, that sends a message. They, and then you got Ottawa coming in, and you should be able to beat them up, or we'll probably just play. We'll, we'll probably beat We'll probably beat the Leafs twice and lose to Ottawa. Yeah. What's the deal? Like They really want to get like get this Calgary-Edmonton uh, rivalry going uh, by, by withholding us until the first game, until the Saturday of Super Bowl. So next Saturday, basically, like not the one coming up, but the next one. And then like 
we still have 10 more games against them. Like, they waited a long time for us to get our first game in with them. They're just waiting not- for every other team in the league to piss off Matt Kachuk so he can be at peak yeah. anger when he has to play Edmonton. Oh, man. Did, you see yeah. him? did you see him go full-on uh, baby mode the other day? Oh, yeah, oh, I did. Oh, uh, but honestly, what are you doing, Sauce? And take your medicine, man. Yeah, you fuck off. it out. Take your fucking medicine. <laughs> not like Jake, like it's not like Jake Muzzin spat on him. Like, he flipped a puck I at him. Wish he, I wish he took a slap shot. Like, he flicked the yeah. puck and to have yeah. a tanty like that. Okay. Oh, boy. We, we, all wish, we all wish he would have put a sauce right in his chest. That's not the point. The point is, is number one, that's an unsportsmanlike conduct. And number two, oh. I expected Matt Kachuk to get mad about it. Now, oh, what he course. did after when he's leaving the ice, though, that's where I go, okay, this guy's a loser. Yeah, I don't know. Not a loser, Chalmers. He understands getting under your skin. Yeah. Oh, but he was the triggered one. He was. They got under his skin. But he's always in the mix, isn't he? There's never an option. You could tell his teammates when they had to turn around and go into that scrum were like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, we just lost. Now I have to go grab Pierre Engvall in a scrum and, like, deal with this shit for 20 seconds. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's just easy to get. It's easy to get under his skin, I think. And that's why Muzzin did that. It's like, hey. And remember, the night before, Kachuk made a pretty greasy play on top of Jack Campbell, kneeing him in the back yep. of the head. Oh, yeah, so, 100%. Like, if you're Kachuk, like, and you sat there and went, oh, I didn't do anything. Oh, I didn't mean to knee him in the head. I just fell accidentally, and my knee smoked him. Like, don't get me Don't get me wrong. There is two people in the NHL which are certified shitbags right now, and their last names are both Kachuk. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. It, we're, uh, we're running late here for our hit with uh, Scott Hastings, so uh, I'm going to bring on Scott. We're going to talk a little sports betting here and uh, keep talking a little bit of hockey as well. And you know what? Scott is, uh, Scott's a Leafs fan, so we'll probably get his take on that Kachuk thing as well. I'm sure he has a great measured take. Uh, Scott Hastings from oddtruck.com. Spot where you can become a better better and make the sharper play. Scott, wow, I just stuttered there hard as I added. I typed Scott's name into my phone. Um, they got sports lines. They got information. They got places where you can go make smart bets as well. Pretty much everything you need is over at uh, oddshark.com. Uh, Scott Hastings joins us now on the pod. We were just talking about the uh, Jake Muzzin, Matt Kachuk incident. What's your take on that? Yeah, not surprised. It's uh, boys being boys, I guess. And that's a <laughs> typical Kachuk uh, getting into the nasty typical stuff. Typical Kachuk. So, Scott, uh, come on. M- make a comment about the sauce into the chest. What do you think about that, honestly? I didn't see anything wrong with that. Typical oh Kachuk being God, a typical Kachuk. Oh, crazy. Your hatred for Matt Kachuk has clouded your judgment on what is sportsmanship. What is just Chalmers. Like, that's hey, awesome. Chalmers, you thought that was bad? You don't shoot a puck at a guy Did who's you? On, the, on his knees. You that can't let a shot. He flipped it out. That's a little flip. He sauced it. No Go back and look at it. It is straight up saucer pass into oh. his chest. Chalmers, one of, your, one of your kids could shoot the puck flip. harder than that, Chalmers. Oh, my God. It doesn't I wish, I matter. You don't shoot chip. the puck in the net after the whistle, and you don't shoot the puck at a person when they're on the ground after the whistle. Oh, my God. You're using shoot so liberally. Okay, flick it. You don't flick it. You don't aim and project a puck towards another player after wow. the whistle. Who did it in the playoffs a few years ago? Was it against Joe Thornton? Jeez, that's um, there, well, there was a time that. a long time ago. Didn't Alfredson fire a puck at Niedermeyer? Alfredson did, yeah. yeah. He yes, trying to rip that's one. right. That's right. Yeah I, yeah, I knew it was a vet player. It was Scott Niedermeyer. You're right. Yeah. So, if, you know. It's straight up, it's straight up, uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> Lars Eller or whatever. Some guy from Vancouver did it to the, did it to Cassian when he's on the ice. Would you guys be saying the same shit? Yeah, I literally no. wouldn't care. <laughs> I would, no, I'd, be happy, not, I'd be happy. I'd be happy if Cassian snapped and went after him. But like, I wouldn't be. I'd be like, that's hilarious. Like, good. Like, there's there is way worse shit that happens every game than that. But that's not what we're talking about right now. Anyways, let's get to betting. You guys are driving me crazy. Uh, Scott, Canadian division, <laughs> it's in a way almost going like we expected, like Leafs and Habs on top, or we, I should say. The experts expected. Um, in terms of the sports books, which Canadian team has been uh, delivering the best year? Who's been the most profitable early in the year? I was going to flip that question on you guys. Who do you think is the number one North team right now? Actually, the, the number one North team is also the number one team in the, the league. 
uh, profit-wise. Montreal. No. Nope. I, is it Winnipeg? Winnipeg is the correct answer. Uh, they've profited. If you back them with a $100 bet for every game, uh, you've profited $236, which is $9 more than Florida and $13 more than Dallas. So those are your big three. Uh, and, and that doesn't come as any surprise there is Winnipeg hasn't been a big favorite against in any of their matchups and uh, and has even won, I think, twice as an underdog. So it sort of makes sense with a 5-2 and two record that uh, Winnipeg would be leading the charge. I would have thought uh, Montreal, but uh, a couple of their wins, they were sort of heavily, I say heavily favored. They were both minus 150, whereas Vancouver hasn't, or sorry, Winnipeg hasn't been up in that range yet. So that's why they have the edge over the Habs. Interesting. Um, yeah, Winnipeg, I guess, off to a good start here. You mentioned Dallas and Florida, who I believe they're both, like, were they not 3-0 and both to start the year or something like that? Um, yeah, and, like, and remain so, yeah. Yeah. Are are those two teams that maybe the sportsbooks might overvalue a little bit now just because, like, they got off to such a hard, hot start? But, I mean, you could look at it and go, well, they're rested. Every other team had been playing for a while. Like, is that maybe a spot to look at fading going forward? Well, it, it, it is potentially, but it's also, you know, when you have one loss, that's it. That's a minus one hundred dollar on your profits there. So although that they're although they're sitting two and three at two hundred twenty seven dollars and two hundred twenty three dollars, uh, Florida and then Dallas, uh, one loss and then they're back right in the middle of the pack. So uh, I wouldn't look too much into it. It's just a matter of they've only played three games, and that's that's why they're so profitable. Is that they're they haven't lost yet. Once they lose. Uh, which inevitably will happen. They're not going to go 56 and 0. Uh, and then, you know, they'll revert right back to the norm. We, uh, we talked a lot about how the Canadian division could just be a shootout every single night. Uh, have we been seeing that? Have overs been hitting a little bit more consistently than, than maybe they would in regular years? Yeah, especially Vancouver. They're the number one over bet right now at, uh, I believe they were seven and two for the over. And that's just simply they haven't got the goaltending they were hoping for with Braden Holpe. And I think that was, I think there was a lot of um, pushback or criticism about letting uh, Markstrom go and then bringing in Holpe. I thought it was an okay move at the time. Uh, and now it does not appear that I was in the uh, right column for that one. You know what's annoying is they were a six and a half point favorite, or a six and a half point was the over under last night. And it was under with them scoring five goals. Yeah, I know. Brutal. I hate that so much. Yeah. Betting on the NHL sometimes just feels like such a frustrating coin flip. Um, One of the things I've been keeping an eye on over at Odd Shark is uh, your colleague Joe Osborne. He's been red hot with his NBA player props. He's basically just taking point total (laughs) over-unders, and he's like, whatever, 19-2 and or some shit right now. Flipping that to NHL, Scott, is there a way to give yourself an edge when you look at maybe point totals or goals for individual players in a game? Or for the most part, is it just kind of a crapshoot? Yeah, I, I, I compare NHL similar to NFL in that it's like a touchdown score. If you're going goal score, there can be good value there uh, if you can look for a second-line player. Uh, but it, it can be a bit of a crapshoot because you could see a, a team – you know, Toronto, for example, Wayne Simmons is scoring a goal. It's it's not a guy that you're going to bet uh, frequently, but when he does hit, he's probably plus 300. So it's it's one of those things very similar to NFL touchdown scores where it's a little bit of a close your eyes and pick one. That said, uh, I, I mentioned it quickly right at the end of last week's one was uh, Austin Matthews over shot total. Uh, I've seen that most books have elevated that up to four and a half shots. That's where it gets a little tricky, but if you can find that at three and a half shots, the over all day. It, it hit yeah. in the last forty games of the regular season. It hit thirty-two times, and this year I think he's four and two uh, for the over. So that's a really good one. And same with uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, I found that he's both McDavid and Matthews have been getting a ton of ice time, and of course, if they're on the ice a lot, they're going to put the puck towards the net. So uh, those are two ones uh, that. The juice isn't as nice as the player point totals in the NBA. Uh, sometimes it's a little more hefty for uh, both McDavid and Matthews. You might get minus one one eighty in there, but hey, if it hits, it hits. One guy I'm oh, looking. One guy I'm looking at tonight, Mitch Marner. He's uh, gotten three shots on goal in three of his last five games and two in a row. 
And uh, he's paying minus 115 to get over two and a half shots tonight. That one, that's one that interests me. Yeah, well, and the thing about you could play both Mitchie and Matthews because they're playing on that top line. And, and defensively, these teams have to figure out which one they're going to shut down because it's, it's so, they're, both of them are so incredibly talented. And uh, I found in the early stages, of course, we're only eight games in, so it's all early stages. But through the first three or four games, there was a lot of emphasis on shutting down uh, Austin Matthews. And then that provided Matt, uh, Marner a little more work, room to work. And that's why we see him uh, up towards the top of the league in points. And I think that'll come down a little bit uh, when more attention gets put on him. But in, in the, on the flip side, you're going to see Matthews start going on a tear. So it's a double-edged sword there. So Scott, a lot of the re- like uh, one of the reasons I really like having you on on this segment is because I learn a lot from you, and uh, there's some things that have to do with betting that I just can't figure out. And so I'm going to ask you a couple betting questions if you don't mind. Absolutely. The first one, the first one might be simple, but why is it that sports books will not they they offer the 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 spread, they offer the money line, and then they offer the over under. Why is it that they won't let you parlay the spread? and the over-under. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, the there game. are some, I, I believe Bet365, I'm not supposed to promote other books, but Bet365, I'm pretty sure will allow you to do that at, uh, at certain games, but I, I know they let you parlay uh, touchdown scores, which is really intriguing. A lot of books won't do that. Um, so if you get like five touchdown scores at plus 300 each, you know, it's a, it's a big payday if you hit it. Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure why they do it. They just don't like it double dipping, and it's uh, it's very frustrating because a lot of times I do like a play on the side as well as the total. So one of those things. So my second question would be: um, I've noticed um, in the in the props um, underneath, let's just say the Oilers and the Maple Leafs game tonight. There's a section where you can bet a double chance, and the double chance is there's three options: you can get Toronto Maple Leafs and a draw. You can get Edmonton Oilers and a draw, or you can get Toronto Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers. And every single one of them is around a negative 180 to a negative 200. What are those? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, so you're just, you're, you're just given your option of, you know, is it going to be Toronto or going to overtime, uh, Edmonton overtime, or is it going to be just going to overtime? So that's when it's the – or I believe – or it's the, both of them, it's one half, one half. That's more of a soccer bet. It's very interesting to see it move over into hockey, but I think a lot of books are based in Europe, so that's why you're going to see it flip side of that one. So I know in soccer, it's based on halves. So you do, okay. um, you know, first half, second half. I think you guys might be talking about two different things. So Chalmers, you're talking about the one where you would be betting on either the Edmonton to win or the game to go to overtime. That's what draw would be. And Scott, the one you're talking about, that would be like, yeah, like to be leading at half and to be winning the game, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So you, you can take like Leafs to win first half, Leafs to win second. This would be soccer terms. It would so be I like Leafs first yeah. half, Leafs second half, Leafs first half, Edmonton second half, uh, and then you can play any variation of. So I, I kind of get the double chance one in the fact that Edmonton Oilers and draw would be either the Oilers or a tie. Yeah, Maple Leafs same thing. Yes. But if it's Maple Leafs and Oilers, you're betting on them both to win? No, you're <laughs> like, you're betting on just the game to not go to overtime at not that go point. To overtime. And I mean, right now, like that uh, one's like minus 450 okay. or whatever. Like it doesn't pay out. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, that's great. That, that helps me because I, I have been trying to figure it out. And they don't really explain it all that well in the sportsbook. You can't no. just go to the FAQs and like, there's what is the double <laughs> chance? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, it, so, it, it's more of a soccer bet. Very popular. I wouldn't. It's not really a bet I'd, I'd no, be to make in hockey. There's horrible value in them. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, Scott, quickly before we let you go, Super Bowl. We're going to dig into it more next week. Uh, we're going to do a little props thing. Uh, but the early look right now, Chiefs minus three, but that line might be moving. I heard that if you want to bet on the Chiefs, it's probably smart to do it sooner rather than later. Is that probably the right strategy here? Yeah, I think so. Well, especially with the injury injury front, uh, losing that offensive lineman for the season. So they're going to get more time with uh, their backup there. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, he's still limited at practice. So I think when you find out more how their injury progressions are going and stuff, if everyone is ruled active, which I think they will, minus that lineman because he tore his Achilles. Um, but I, I think that the more you hear that Kansas City is healthy, I think the more the line will swing in their favor. 
I don't think there's going to be a ton of movement in this one, though. Okay. I think I, I, th- I think at most we're going to see a minus four for Kansas City. Interesting. Wow. But that I seems think like a no-brainer. I think it's going to sit at three, might maybe three and a half, but is, I think at the upper limit it'll go four, but I don't think it goes beyond four. Is okay, that the Mr. Brady no effect? I, I want, yeah, and I just think that that Tampa Bay team has playmakers on both sides. And, and one of the interesting things against Green Bay is, you know, Tom threw three straight interceptions, and Green Bay effectively didn't do much with it because the defense there is really, really sneaky. And, and Holden Rodgers, uh, at shorter fields over and over again was very impressive. So not only do they have offensive weapons everywhere, who, who, you know, Antonio Brown hasn't even shown himself in the playoffs. That guy's a stud. Um, so I just think there's, I, I think Tampa Bay is being a little undervalued here, but at three, three points is normal to me. But I think the conversation behind the Bucks, I think is being a little disrespectful because I think they're a dangerous team. Interesting stuff. Scott Hastings from Montreal. As always, man, appreciate your time. Take care, guys. Enjoy the game tonight and the games this weekend. Oh, hey, actually, go quickly, ahead. before you go, Scott, the game starts at 11 p.m. your time tonight. Are you kidding yeah. me? Are you are you <laughs> coffee and grind it out, or are you going to watch it in the morning? Yeah, I'll watch the highlights when I wake up tomorrow. That's that's the benefit. I used to live in Edmonton, as I told you guys. And, and you know, for the football, I, what's your first games are at 11 in the morning? Yep. Yeah. You know, you got to start pre-drinking at 8. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a long party. Whereas here Early goes, bedtime. That's Well, yeah, that's it. Here it goes 2, 5, and then the 9 o'clock, 9.15 uh, kickoff for the Sunday nighter. So. It's, uh, time time is a very interesting thing. Isn't it? it's, always been, it's always been so funny to me that the East Coast is kind of what drives um, everything, right? Like when it comes to sports. And the timing of sporting events is seems so like made for the West. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like mm, Edmonton is, in my opinion, the perfect time slot for all sports. Yeah. You, you guys or the Central, uh, you know, like the Chicago's, the two hour. The two and three hour is perfect uh, in respect to uh, Nova Scotia. The two and three hour is perfect. But yeah, we, we get the shaft out here, but it's even worse in Newfoundland. So uh, there you go. Well, I feel for you, buddy. I was complaining about an eight o'clock start. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in bed at 1130. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right. See you, Scott. Okay, Have a good one. Enjoy, guys. All right. There you go. Scott Hastings from oddshark.com. Uh, all what the info you, you need you, to make a sharp What are you worried about? What time do you have to go to bed? You're in your pajamas all day anyways. Yeah, and I look good in them too. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, so I might I, have to wake up and wash something. I just learned how to make a nice little air fryer breakfast that I'm pretty excited about. So I might get up in the morning and work those out now. Tell us the recipe. Tyler, you'll love this, man. It's so easy. It was like I followed this thing on TikTok and it was basically just like bachelor meals in a fucking air fryer. And it's the best. All it is, a little piece of bread. You crack an egg on top of it. Put one piece of bacon, salt and pepper, three, I wrote it down, it's 360 for eight minutes and you're good to go. Uh, and the I'm egg cooks nicely you. and all that? Cooks really nicely. The bacon just drains off down below the pan. It was lovely. I okay. think that's going to be my new breakfast going forward. Good Bag stuff. Milk, you'll be happy to know that I am now the owner of an air fryer, but yeah. my, but it's maiden voyage is getting delayed because I'm in the midst of moving. So it's ah. until I move into the new house, I won't be able to start air frying, thought, so I'll be, I'll be you coming at you for some tips. Spring. Yeah, but I'm moving out of my house now. Where are you going? I'm living in limbo. I'm living out of the trunk of my car. <laughs> the nation truck. Gonna be yeah. gonna get a tent on the back of it. Yeah, yeah. Living going in my back girlfriend's into that, parents' house for two months. Going back into that second room at the castle, Zach Lang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, your M. Chuck, I wanted to just tell you one thing. Um, this morning I had a lengthy conversation with Wanye, um, and it had to do with basically my social media. He harps on me about it a lot, yeah. and that I am non-existent, <laughs> and that I suck at it, and that my handle's annoying, and it's confusing, and nobody knows who the hell I am, and he wants me to get better. And so what I have done <laughs> is a start. I have changed my usernames on Twitter and Instagram. Ooh. So, oh, okay. Who are you? Okay. So on, uh, well, it's actually the same thing. So my middle name is Keith. So on Instagram, I am simply Chris K. Chalmers. Wow. And on, yes. And on Twitter, 
Oh God, am I getting these mixed up? See, this is how bad I am. No, that that's your uh, that's your Twitter account, Chalmers. Okay, so then my Instagram is. Uh, oh my Chris God, K. Wait, Chalmers. No, okay, Twitter is yes at Chris K Chalmers. My Instagram <laughs> is at Chris dot. Oh my God, I don't even. <laughs> Chalmers, Chris. No, okay, there's a Chris K Chalmers. Who I thought you were, but that's no, a guy so, who okay. is not you. So Instagram is at Chris dot K dot Chalmers, and Twitter is just Chris K Chalmers. I'm just gonna so put out a post on both saying this is where you can find Chalmers at because I appreciate you making it so simple. But yeah, yeah oh, no, really? Okay, I'm gonna go back to my Roshi, and you can figure out how to spell it. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, you can find oh, Chalmers at some combination of the name Chris Chalmers with a K and some underscores or something mixed in there. I don't know. <laughs> don't I find him on my face. He will add you to his top five. I am not helping. Uh, well, I'll make sure I give Chalmers a proper shout out and everyone can go follow him because he's promising to be more uh, engaged online is what I'm getting from all this. <laughs> I will. I just don't want to get in Twitter arguments. That's the one thing. Okay. If you try to get in a Twitter argument with me, I'm not going to do it. And if you get me to do it, Congratulations. You should actually just go you're out of your way. Chores, you're going to do it. I know. They're going to get you. You're going to do it. If you are listening to this podcast, just tweet at Chalmers or DM on Instagram that he's yeah. a cheater at fishing. Or just tell him that. the proverbial puck his way yeah. at him and he will come at you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you got it. If you, if, you, if you didn't have a problem with Muzzin's saucer pass into his chest, at me, bro. I did not have a problem with it. I will be adding you at Chris.K.Chalmers. <laughs> underscore dot x percent no it was hard listen i tried to find two things on instagram and twitter that were very very close they're the exact same name just on instagram <laughs> i had to put dots in between them <laughs> you'll figure it out yep uh, our listeners are smart they'll get it they are hey are we gonna do it when do we do uh, nate's profile listeners profile uh do we want to do one right now before we wrap things up we got like 10 minutes left in the pod if we want why not why not sure. wrap up with it? Okay, let me just go to my document here. Um, I need to double people check. People really like those. I've, I've, I've had people reach out to me and say that they really like them. It makes them feel like part of the family, and that's kind of important that's because I, it, it, it really, yeah, it just drives it just drives the experience of it all, and it drives the engagement between us. I like it. We're a community, man. All right, so we are going to go. I'm going to go into the uh, Instagram DMs. I'm going to find our friend at Jesse Herfst. H-E-R-F-S-T. So I think you would say that herfs, herfs, right? Herfs. There we go. I don't know. How, uh, how he, do you his at handle is Toast140. So you, everyone oh, can I go. Uh, on, I talk to him on Bcast all the time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so Jesse, he is, uh, his number is eight. Um, nice. So Strong. Okay. Uh, oh, good man. He goes by Jesse or Toast. His job is uh, delivering the meats, part-time hobby woodworker. Um yeah, for job, he literally said delivering the meats. So I'm assuming he drives some sort of truck, maybe. Delivers meat. I don't know. Does he work for Arby's? I, I, Does he got the meat? That's what I assume, but I don't know. Anyways, fun fact about him. He once won an unofficial Wendy's Junior Bacon Cheeseburger eat-off. That's unofficial. A, yeah. I don't, I don't know if there are official ones, but he's won an unofficial one. Oh, I, I, well, pl- I would please like to know more details about this unofficial, unsanctioned event. Yeah. Um, and also, he recently joined the Air Fryer Fan Club. So there's that oh, as well. Respect. That ties in nicely. Try try Bag Milk's breakfast recipe and let us know how it is, Jesse. Uh, Fryer Diet Toast. really a movement, isn't it? Fryer Diet Toast. We're all in this together, buddy. He started listening to the pod a couple of years ago. Some of his fave moments. He just said some fave moments are Chalmers and, and Sam Gagne. So just Chalmers in general and Sam Gagne. I love you, Jesse. Uh, he also liked the way back Wanye Eberly episode. His favorite Oilers memory, he said it's got to be the 06 Cup run. Hemsky's goal against Detroit. And uh, honorable mention to Eberly's first NHL goal. And uh, he said he's hopefully planning a future trip to Edmonton to finally see them live on home ice. And uh, he says, we don't have Oodle Noodle here. We have Noodle Canteen, and it's not as good. So uh, he's Sorry, excited. where does he live again? I think he lives in BC here. Yeah, ask the X or something. I don't even know how to say it, but it's on his it's on his Instagram profile. Yeah, One thing is. I like about him is he reminds me of a regular old Ron Swanson from Community. He drives a meat truck, so he loves his meat. 
And if you look on his Instagram, he's, I mean, a woodworker. Everybody's got to love a woodworker. But he's made, like, uh, a table for his family, a bed for his, a bed frame, and um, a, um, like, a little playhouse for them. I mean, this guy's a man's man. Um, Let's, let's do this. Let's plug his woodworking business. You can find it on Instagram at backwoodcustoms underscore. Backwoodcustoms underscore. And, yeah, he's actually got some really cool stuff. I'm going to follow him here. Um, but yeah, like yeah, tables, too. he's made like a bed frame and stuff. This is really, really good stuff. Jesse, your woodworking is very impressive. Um, I wish this podcast was the audio equivalent of your woodworking because then it would sound a lot better. <laughs> is that a good one? Well, you, you don't like yeah. when people are talking in the middle of a wind tunnel? <laughs> uh, anyways, that's Jesse Wait, on Instagram. One, one day we'll get into the dog patch studios and we will be... It, it'll, oh, be it'll be so good. It'll be, so, it'll be so nice to see you guys' faces again. It won't be nice to make the twice-a-week trek there. I don't mind telling you, I like doing it from my truck and being mobile. But, man, is it going to sound good. Yeah, it'll sound better once yeah. we can get back into the studio. Um, that'll be a ton One of day. fun. Dare to dream, people. Yep, dare yeah. to dream. And then we won't be talking over each other as much because it's so hard. Because it's tough. Like, we're, like Everyone's on this small little screen, so we can't really like prompt each other. Uh Haven't you noticed the first five minutes of every podcast is everybody trying to get their like legs? Everybody just talks over each other for like the first five minutes, but then everybody kind of like settles in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think we would have that in studio. No, we had that in studio as well. Um, I remember the first few episodes, there would just be like side conversations going on. Um, (laughs) Yeah. The first few episodes I did. Uh, But no, we'll get it sorted out, hopefully. Um, Anywho. Episode 251 of the Real Life Podcast. Uh, lots of stonks talk, which is fine by me. I find that interesting. And actually, we have people who say they like when we get into business stonks. talk and all that. So, yeah. Go out and buy a low-cost index fund. That's it. Dude. That's all you need to know. Are you a straight-up day trader, Bag Milk, or what? I do like it, yeah. Is it like? Is it more exhilarating than gambling? Is it less <laughs> exhilarating? Is it like if if you were just if there were sports playing all day, like you could you could be a day trader and gamble. You just could do it on like soccer around the world. You know about as much as the things you're buying. Uh, Not well, you, but me. for me, I feel like when I'm doing anything with stocks, I I only stick within my wheelhouse. Whereas in sports betting, I like. Because of this podcast, I've really gotten into sports betting. I got actually, I got some money on Jesse Pugliarvi on a goal tonight at plus four seventy. Oh, you got to. That's a good bet. Game. I had him last game. I thought it was his night. But um, I find that there's way more variables in sports that are just you have no control over. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, like redditors. <laughs> redditors running the market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. That's All right, gonna... guys. Good show. I gotta go. Yep. See you, Jay. Yeah, All right. And uh, as Jay leaves, I think we'll all leave. That's episode 251 of the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Oodle Noodle and Twig and Berries. 15% off at Twig and Berries with the promo code NATION15. Oilers leaves tonight. It's a late one. Have your coffee. Have your nap. All that good stuff. Enjoy the game. We'll talk again on Monday. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.